0: Ron Hebert, the financial coach, joins us now with another edition of Making Money. Ron's a retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, sidekick. Known Ron for a long time. We talk about investing all the time. And, and this one, I, I boy, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm, you know, I'm almost ready to fasten my seatbelt in my chair here because this just to me opens up such a can of worms right now, Ron. And this is about investing in climate risk, and it's a big topic. And it's one and it doesn't matter where you stand, you know, we talk about all the division in the country right now, and not just in our country, all over the world. One of the most divisive issues to me is the talk about climate. Because you yeah. got the people over there and you got the people over there. And never the twain shall meet. And they name call and they they they, they just go absolutely off the deep end. You cannot question anything, it seems. You can't be skeptical. You just can't be.
1: You can't have a serious conversation about this, but as an investor, you know, I know that there was a big furor because uh, someone at the university said that, for example, climate change could create opportunities in agriculture in Canada. And of course, uh, all the climate musketeers crawled all over him, and uh, last I heard, he lost his position at the university because of, of those statements. Well, you can't have a conversation about climate and investing unless you talk about consequences. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about climate as something we've never had to take seriously before now, and we're having to do so. And this is going to have this legislation and the direction we're going is going to have massive consequences on the markets, on how you invest, And you need to understand what's going on and you need to have a strategy going into this or frankly, you're going to get run over. You have to know what's going on. You have to know what carbon offsets and credits are. You have to know how that market's going to work. You have to know how businesses are going to be affected by all this stuff and you have to get a strategy. And so that's why we're going to talk about this show uh, during this show. And of course, we might go a little long-winded and get into some detail but there's a lot to chew here and investors need to
0: be paying attention. So what's coming? Where do we start? Well there's
1: two things. First of all it looks like a combination of government legislation and institutional demand will force companies to a disclose their environmental risks in their annual reports and their prospectuses and of course when they do that Then you have the other side of the equation, the banks and the insurance companies. If you have a lot of environmental risk, as they call it, you're doing a lot of polluting, especially with CO2, uh, banks and insurance companies are not gonna lend you money. They're not going to insure you if you're a big polluter. And so investors need to be aware that these topics were brought up by Canada's former uh, head of the central bank, Mark Carney, And most of the banks have signed, insurance companies have signed an agreement saying that over the next few years, they're going to start uh, implementing these strategies on who they lend to. And so here again, you need to be paying attention to this. Secondly, very soon companies will have to buy carbon credits or offsets uh, or initiate investments that allow them to move to carbon neutrality. And if they don't, it's going to be very difficult for them to survive economically. So that's what's coming, and you have to pay attention to this. And I guess one of the ways is uh, to understand how this whole mechanism works.
0: So you talk about carbon credits and carbon offsets. You know, I read something a couple of weeks back where I think it was Delta Airlines claimed that they were already carbon neutral, and I thought, how can an airline be carbon neutral? Are they buying these things already? Is that what's happening?
1: Yeah. So what happens is that you will be given a credit, if you do one of the four things. You recycle your carbon. In other words, if you're uh, a cement maker, you can take carbon dioxide and put it into the the mix, and that carbon dioxide, for example, stay in the concrete and help uh, strengthen the concrete. You can reduce your carbon footprint by just getting more efficient, uh, making sure that you're manufacturing, you're using less energy to do so, uh, looking at the insulation on on your buildings, uh, just doing what it takes to reduce your carbon footprint. Uh, you can get carbon credits by, by storing, and that's in Alberta. What we're going to see a lot of is that, especially big manufacturers, um, they're going to be taking their CO2 and they're going to be pumping it into the ground and sealing it off. So uh, you're going to get carbon credits for doing that. Or you're just going to get uh, carbon credits for... Uh, avoiding car- use of carbon uh, projects at all or anything that produces carbon in your life. So if you move to renewables, you move to other type- types of things, you're going to be getting uh, these carbon credits. So you're going to earn these, and then they're going to be earned by firms uh, that have implemented a greenhouse gas reduction project, and it's going to be issued by a board or government authority. And that's always the scary part of all this, Gord. It's more because- bureaucracy, Ron. It's way more bureaucracy, and when you get lots of bureaucracy, what people don't understand is that people in business tend to be way smarter than the people that make the rules. And you see it with tax, you see it with virtually everything, that when you have this complex thing with so many loopholes, you're going to find ways to game these loopholes. And so that's going to be one of the big risks is just the fact that People are going to find ways to, to especially in places like Russia, where, uh, frankly, uh, pollution and CO2 are not big issues. Don't you think they're if the Russian government's going to be in charge of putting uh, credits or giving credits, are they going to be as even-handed as people in the West? You know, somehow I dealt that. Yeah, I, so, I don't think so. No. So there's there's lots of risk associated with this. And, of course, what will happen then is these offsets or credits are going to be traded. There's going to be two markets. There's going to be what's called the compliance market, also known as the regulatory market. And that will allow governments and private companies and other entities to purchase these carbon offsets in order to uh, counteract the caps that they have on greenhouse gases that they're allowed to emit. So if they go over, they're going to have to buy some of these credits uh, to offset the CO2 going in the atmosphere. And uh, these markets are going to be created by national and international treaties like Kyoto and the European Union Emissions Trading Scheme. Then you have the voluntary markets. So here again, let's say uh, you have a company and you, know, you you put you plant a million trees. Well, you're going to get a carbon credit for doing that, and of course you can take that credit and then you'll be able to sell it on what's called the voluntary market. You'll be able to sell it to other people that are producing more. Uh, than the cap that they're allowed. And so this allows them to get their carbon footprint down. So that's a way for companies like airlines. I mean, Google says they're carbon neutral. And frankly, they've just been buying carbon credits on the markets. And if you don't think this is going to be a big market, uh, if countries follow through on their commitments uh, that they've recently made, this market's going to go from roughly a billion uh, per year uh, by 2030, it's going to be $160 billion a year market. So if countries follow through on this stuff, uh, it could be huge.
0: I'm just thinking if, if I were a little younger, I might start a tree planting company. <laughs> oh, <laughs> opportunity. Opportunity, yeah. Okay, so not, not to, to talk lightly about this, there's got to be risks for companies here for investment, right? Like they've they, they really got to be paying attention here.
1: Totally. I mean, first of all, one of the big risks is if you own uh, companies that produce a lot of CO2. Industries that are particularly affected are going to include cement, chemical companies, steel producers, electric utilities, heavy industry, airlines, auto manufacturers, fossil fuel producers, agriculture. And the cost to mitigate CO2 globally are estimated at this. Now sit down, put a cold rag on your head hundred and forty trillion dollars.
0: When I saw that number, I, I was sitting. I read that and I thought, "Now wait a minute. What's the total GDP of the world? <laughs> is is it that high? I don't know. Well,
1: I think it. I think it's pretty close to the total GDP of the entire world.
0: Yeah, that, that's a staggering number.
1: And uh, so, if you're a large producer of CO two. A lot of these costs of A, buying carbon credits or offsets and B, making your business so it's compliant by 2050, this is gonna be very, very expensive for you. So if you own these companies, you wanna be particularly uh, aware of how this is going to affect their bottom line going forward.
0: So now if companies don't reduce or or, or offset, what happens? They, They get themselves into a bit of a hole, don't they?
1: They get themselves into a financial hole and uh, also uh, a relationship hole because their CO2 footprint, uh, if they don't offset or reduce it, uh, there's going to be a combination of fines and they're going to be shunned by the investment community. So this will dry up their access to investment capital and force them one way or another into compliance. So this could be very tough for those companies that decide, no, no, I'm just going to I'm just going to suck it up. We're going to fight like mad. We're not going to do anything. So you want to be very careful with companies that decide to do that. I mean, maybe what happens, uh, uh, there's such a backlash, it forces people to, our legislators, to back up. And uh, I think there probably is going to be some of that because some of these uh, legislation that they've initiated, uh, there's no way that they can implement that. But there's still much of this legislation that's pending that it looks like it has a high probability of coming through. And if it does, it just means that it's going to be tough for these companies that have a high CO2 footprint.
0: So now what about if you're, if you're an importer or something, Do you have to, do you have to be dealing with guys that are on side with this or what's the deal there?
1: Well, from what I've been reading is that we're going to end up having carbon audits for most major companies. Uh, whether you're foreign or domestic. So if you want to import energy from one company or you want to export a product, you're gonna have to have an audit that will uh, tell purchasers and investors what your carbon footprint is to produce that product. And if you have a high carbon footprint and you're not buying um, uh, carbon offsets and you want to import that into Europe or you want to import it in the United States or Canada, what they're talking about is is levying a tax. So one way or the other, if you're not taxed in your own country, uh, you're going to be taxed. Uh, there's going to be a levy on bringing that product over here. So, you know, it, it's going to even for countries that you're, you might be thinking, well, maybe I'll just invest in some Chinese country, companies or some Taiwanese or some Thai or Vietnamese. Well, it's going to affect these guys, too.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking like just as we sit here today Ron like we you know right now Canada' is bringing a lot of oil in from Nigeria I'm sure their carbon footprint is not where it needs to be as an example no
1: their carbon footprint their pollution I mean yeah. uh, you know I talked to a guy that worked on a rig he said hey, when you come in from one of these offshore rigs you know you're you're miles offshore and there's just oil everywhere on the water I mean they're not nearly as environmentally uh conscience as we are over here and uh you know they're going to end up having to pay for that with with exports so you know it's it's uh the plan is literally to make it so expensive to put co2 in the atmosphere that it's cheaper to use renewables and that's where we're going and of course younger generations are behind this and won't support your products or services unless uh, they are co2 compliant and i just read a statistic recently that there are now more millennials in the workforce Uh, than there are baby boomers. So these guys are taking hold of the economic reins, and as we move further and further, Gord, into the sunset, it's gonna be these younger generations that are driving this, and they are very focused on it.
0: Well, hopefully they have the answers, and hopefully they have a plan that works. So, like I say, not to be skeptical, but will poor nations go along with this, or are they gonna get stuck between a rock and a hard place? Well, that's part of the investment uncertainty because at the COP26
1: uh, conference in Scotland uh, it was viewed as a failure because uh, wealthy nations were unwilling to live up to their financial commitments to help poorer countries fund CO2 reduction strategies and poorer countries came back and said they're not willing to commit to hard deadlines to reduce coal-fired electrical plants. So you know, you're having poor countries say you're not living up to your commitments and we can't afford to live up to ours. So are they going to end up banding together and uh, trading with each other? And so we end up in a bipolar, uh, uh, dysfunctional world. And uh, those countries that will go renewable uh, won't deal with them. You know, there's some big investment implications as, as some of these things come down the the pipeline, and it could be a bumpy transition. I mean, legislatively, like I say, wealthier countries are not living up to their commitments, neither are poor countries. And, of course, you know, we talked about last uh, couple weeks ago about just the transition. California, Texas, Ontario are three places where the transition renewables has been, frankly, a complete circus, and it's led to high prices, brownouts, rationing, businesses not being able to shut down. or or to operate or manufacture things because they just didn't have the base power to do so. And of course, you know, there is no consistent strategy, which means that, you know, we're going to have economic ups and downs. And as an investor, you need to be prepared for, for lots of volatility because we've got no serious plans
0: so this is causing shortages and stagflation right like it's
1: this is causing shortages it's causing stagflation uh it's uh it's going to affect everyone everywhere uh companies that uh, don't reduce their carbon footprint are going to be uh hurt by the market companies that can reduce or eliminate their carbon footprint are going to be rewarded. and and frankly, uh, this is an era in the next 20 years, we're going to see massive change. And of course, we'll keep you posted on this, but carbon credits could be the next big investment opportunity. And uh, I'm just starting to look into ways that, to play that. And we'll talk about uh, how to invest in that in a future show.
0: And this, you know, just to sort of finalize here, Ron, this is going to affect everybody, all of us, right?
1: All of us, everywhere, all the time. And, yeah. uh, to reach net zero, this is not something where you can say, well, I'll just hide in a corner. Things are going to get more expensive. Uh, businesses are going to have to close. Businesses are going to have to spend a lot of money on this stuff. And as an investor, you need to be prepared to understand. And as Gretzky used to say, I, I, I tried not to play or place myself where the talk was. Uh, I wanted to place myself where the puck was going to be. And if you're an investor, you have to understand economically where this stuff is going, no matter what the rhetoric about, you you, you know, they don't want to talk about the finances behind all this stuff. But as an investor, if you're not paying attention to it, uh, it could dramatically reflect your lifestyle and uh, your, your financial integrity going forward.
0: Well, you threw out that number, $140 trillion. And I think I've made this analogy once before seeing a a television show that talked about a million seconds is 33 days and a billion seconds is 11 years or whatever it is. And a trillion seconds, there were Mastodons walking on the earth. $140 trillion to make this transition. I I can't even conceive of that.
1: No, and and, uh, like I say, there's no real long-term plan to take the money and help us get there there's it's 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 like taking band-aids and and putting them on a balloon that's got a 100 puncture holes in, in it uh it just is not going to address the issue and of course you know over time uh they're going to come up with more uh more plans and it's going to be less helter skelter than it is now i'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination
0: there's a lot of smart people out there working on this i guess that's what we have to hope for hopefully a lot of smart people that aren't necessarily in government <laughs>
1: yeah oh i i think that's a, that's a very good point Gord. but you know i mean this this is going to be a rocky uh transition because nobody's following uh, a set of new rules everybody's winging it and uh, making things up as they go along. And until so, we get that coherent strategy, this could be a bumpy ride, especially for companies that are that are big polluters. So uh, caveat emptor.
0: All right. There you go. Climate and investing. You really got to pay attention here, folks. Watch the waters. They can get a little choppy from time to time. We're back next week with another edition of Making Money. Remember, if you have a show suggestion or if you want us to flesh something out that we touched on today, maybe, and there's certainly the ability to do that, uh, send us a note to letsmakemoney.ca or through cfcw.com. Uh, Ron will take the time to answer your question uh, if it comes via email, and we'll touch upon it in upcoming episodes. We're back again next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us.